Exactly. Chase the girls around the pit area when you're a kid. Absolutely. You know, there's times when I'd be like, eh, I don't want to ride the main event today, Dad. And he'd, he'd just load my bike up and okay. And we just sit there and watch the rest of the races. And, you know, because I, I just, it was fun to me. It was a hobby, you know, and I never took it serious. And maybe I should have. Maybe it would have been more prosperous. I don't know. Episode 68, Tank Slapping Podcast. We got him on the line today. Kevin Atherton, Cupcake. Have had so many people reach out and say, man, you got to get Cupcake on the show. Talked to Jeff Hires the other day on the phone, and he made it happen. So shout out to Jeff at RPM Promotions for her getting Cupcake to do our pod. Kevin's not a big social media technology guy, so... Probably took a little bit of arm twisting. So after the show, if you see Kevin at a race or somewhere, definitely give him uh, some props for coming on and doing this. Definitely appreciate it. For those who don't know Kevin Atherton, I feel like that's probably a very small majority of our listeners. He is a very accomplished racer with 14 career GNC wins, 53 career podium finishes. The guy is podiumed every discipline as far as TT, short track, half mile, mile. Most of his were on the half miles and miles. His 14 career wins, seven were on miles, seven were on half miles. He's won, oh man, he's won a lot of different racetracks. He's won the iconic Springfield mile twice. He's won the coin mile. Um, Man, I actually don't know (laughs) a lot of the racetracks he's won at. He's been competitive at a lot of different lot of different facilities and as far as like his personality off the track just a major fan favorite for so long dude used to rock like a curly mullet just wide-eyed smile always having fun and just yeah like I said he's just liked by a lot of the fans and a lot of his peers too man everybody loves cupcake he's he's just a good dude man he's interesting guy but He's got a lot of great stories to tell, and and I've always enjoyed my chats with Kevin. Obviously, he's a Camel Pro guy, so growing up in the 90s, got to watch all those guys. They were all my heroes. I've talked about it before on the show, and Cupcake. I used to have a bunch of Cupcake posters and any everything I could get my hands on from, from that factory Harley team especially. He was a factory Harley rider right out of the gate pretty much. Um, I want to say his rookie year, pretty much his sophomore season. Uh, so he won. So it's kind of crazy. He won the junior championship in 1988. And then he did, he also won the rookie of the year title in the expert class in 1988. So we'll talk about that more with him, but then he went expert and pretty much jumped right into the factory Harley Davidson team with Chris Carr, Jay Springsteen, Scott Parker. And as a Harley kid growing up, that was kind of those are the guys I followed you know I was a, a Harley guy growing up so uh, my family owned a Harley Davidson dealership and I always cheered for the black and orange so yeah I'm, I'm pumped man pumped to have him on the show tonight uh, I want to make sure we thank our sponsors and then I want to talk a little bit about the New York short track we have this weekend American flat track but 
our sponsors, they make it happen week in and week out. Make sure you guys thank them, follow them on social media and buy their products, support them. Bell Power Sports, they've been with us since day one. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. A lot of fans ask what kind of helmet I wear, you know, what, what model Bell, you know, I have a custom, I have custom painted lids. So that kind of throws people off, but I wear the race star flex for the flat track and then the, the moto nine and moto 10 for moto. So, um, top quality helmets, just the safety's unmatched. Look up those ratings online. If you need validation, if you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by bell Yamaha motorsports and Yamaha racing, check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. motorcycles, dirt bikes, street bikes, pit bikes, little PW fifties. We have two of them right in my garage right now. ATVs, side-by-side, snowmobile, power products, Yamaha revs your heart. Moto America, the next event is this weekend, Pittsburgh, August 13th to 15th. Make sure you get your tickets. Kids 12 and under are free. If you're able to go check that out live, that's the play call for sure. But if you can't be there, make sure you check out their Moto America Live Plus package catch all the action great great coverage junior cup superbike super sport stock 1000 and twins cup indian motorcycle since 1901 indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules go online go on their website find a local dealership and go test ride a motorcycle indian's a big supporter of the sport and they're a big supporter of the podcast we appreciate them helping us out Jerry Stinchfield, Uncle Jerry, I call him, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Jerry fields half the riders in the Super Twins team, helps out a bunch of production twins guys, including myself, AFT singles, amateur riders, uh, gives money every year for my Dash for Cash at my uh, winter throwdown events. The amount of stuff Jerry does with really virtually no real return on is just incredible. And without Jerry, we wouldn't probably have a sport right now. So want to thank him. Dunlop motorcycle tires, the official tire, of the American flat track series, go on their website, grab a DT four tire, just like we use, put them on your, on your flat track bike, street tracker. And if you ride a regular street bike or motocross bike, look into their tires. They have great tires across the board. They do a lot for the amateur amateur teams pro teams, contingencies, all kinds of stuff. Make sure you check out Dunlop Motorcycle Tires on social media. And Brandywine Harley-Davidson, it's another dealership of Tommy Hannum's at Hannum's Harley. And the Brandywine dealership is in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. Hit them up on Facebook, social media, their address, their physical address to go check them out. 1214 Baltimore Pike, Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. And just anything you need, parts, motor clothes, accessories, service work, new and used bikes. Tommy Hannum is a big supporter of the sport. He's a rider himself and he supports racing across the board. Check out his dealerships. Hannum's Harley-Davidson, Brandywine Harley-Davidson is the one we're showcasing on the next few episodes. Um, we really appreciate the whole crew at Hannum's and Brandywine Harley-Davidson for supporting the pod. Uh, next up on the schedule for us this weekend, New York Short Track. I kind of raced there before. Um, physically, I was there and I, I rode a motorcycle. I don't know if I raced it much, but it was my singles year. I rode a Husky 450. I sucked. I did so bad. I was so uncomfortable on the bike and I didn't even qualify out of my heat race for the, for the semis, quote unquote. It still throws me off that we call 
the heat race semis and then we don't have semis that fucking throws me off still but anyway didn't qualify for the the opening qualifying race didn't qualify for the actual qualifying race and loaded up in the truck early so we actually make a joke we joke about that that venue quite a bit because i i did so bad on that husky 450 so um anyway it was actually robbie bobby's husky 450 i yeah so we got New York short track this weekend, Weedsport, New York, really cool part of the country. I'm actually really excited to go up there. Clay short track. I've watched some film on it. Um, just looks like a really cool racy little short track and a really cool part of the country that I don't really get up there too much anymore. You know, I grew up racing amateur events in New York for so long and I have a lot of good friends and supporters up there that I don't see very often. Cause I don't really, venture up into new york much there's not a lot up there for me to go see i guess during the summer and yeah so anytime i get to go up there i'm 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 stoked um make sure you guys stop by the pit too we're gonna have whatever tank slap and tees we have in stock we are bringing them with us we're bringing the tank slap and tees and we're bringing some hats we got a few hats left and then my Corey texter racing tees as well so swing in grab a tee and say hi appreciate uh, all the fans coming during open pit and uh yeah i'm just amped to get back to it just the long long few week break there i'm just golly man i just we race two weeks off race three weeks off rain out <laughs> two weeks off uh yeah so trying to get some momentum here and just get back to it i'm super super just pumped i guess i don't know i don't have the, i don't have the right words for it just want to ride my dirt bike so with that being said, let's bring on our guest. Finally, man, I, he's one of the guys that I've, I've been wanting to get on. He was on like probably my first list of 10 riders that I wanted to get on the show. And then it was like, ah, it probably won't happen, but it's happening. Kevin Atherton on the show. What's up, man? Hey, C-Tex, how you doing? Good, dude. How was, uh, I sent you a lot of info there. I'm, I'm stoked. You, how, how was calling in? Decent? Um, well, I'm very computer illiterate and all that stuff. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, me, honestly, me too, compared to what everybody else knows. I feel like I'm like, shit, man, this is way too complicated. But yeah, no, I'm stoked you took some time to come on, man. We've had, you're probably our number one guy where fans request, like they want a cupcake podcast and finally got you on, man. Thanks for taking the time. Well, that's awfully nice. You know, I, I always enjoyed all my fans and, you know, would always communicate with them. And that's a big thing about, you know, having a good time at the racetrack is associating with all the fans and taking them down to the bar and having a beer with them. After the race. <laughs> yeah, I've always, I watch a lot. Well, I, I was a kid during, you know, your era when you, you know, the nineties and I, I went to a lot of the races with my dad and got to watch you do your thing on the track but even watching film like I watched a lot of old footage I find on YouTube and you you were always smiling man like you could be getting first or 10th and you're always smiling you're always having a good time at the racetrack and you're always you've always been that hard charging guy so um yeah you're just you're a fan favorite and we'll get into that a little bit later but I kind of wanted to start a little bit with your amateur career we kind of do that with a lot of our guests just to get some insight on what what it all you know what happened for you during those days like how did you become a flat track racer oh well obviously my dad's side of the family my dad dave and his brothers were uh ronnie and charles were always into 
the dirt track stuff. And of course, that's the way I was raised around the bike shop and racing motorcycles. And, and of course, back then, you know, we had 80s in a star racer frame or a viper frame you know a true dirt track motorcycles and that's what i grew up on and, and that was fun you know and that's you know i didn't didn't look at it as far as going to races to win i went to go see how fast i could go i mean my whole career my whole professional career same way you know i just went to see i want to see how fast i could go and and it wasn't there specifically to win the race or beat the other guys. I just want to see how fast I could go that day. That's incredible. I've actually never heard that perspective from another racer. Um, wow. That's yeah. That's, that's really cool, man. I, I never thought about that. Maybe I'll try and simplify that for me too. Cause yeah, you just go have fun, go as fast as you can. And obviously it worked out for you, uh, for a, a yeah. long time. So exactly. Chase the girls around the pit area when you're a kid. Absolutely. You know, there's times when I'd be like, eh, I don't want to ride the main event today, dad. And he, he just load my bike up and okay. And <laughs> we just sit there and watch the rest of the races. And, you know, cause I, I just, it was fun to me. It was a hobby, you know, and I never took it serious and maybe I should have, maybe it would have been more prosperous. I don't know. But, well, what, you know, you're, you're a Michigan guy, but you're sort of the Southern part of Michigan. What racetracks did you kind of cut your teeth on? Like, did you go up to a lot of the races up North? Did you try and travel to Ohio? Like what was the amateur scene like for you? Uh, yeah. Growing up, we, we had a couple of short tracks, uh, Niles, Michigan, Milburg, Michigan. Um, but we always had, you know, half miles as far as Goshen, Indiana and all the cushion half miles in in ohio and of course that's where what i preferred was the the big deep cushion stuff because you know you can just you know as fast as you could go see how fast you can go hold the thing wide open and oh yeah there's other guys out here too i forgot about them because i was out having so much fun <laughs> man again i love that perspective who were some of the amateur guys you raced with growing up like that era who were i mean obviously you just mentioned you sort of just did your own thing but um occasionally you probably saw a couple guys near you on the racetrack who were who were some of those riders well of course you know there's you know we had you know brian valello is a really fast guy from michigan you know of course larry pagram scotty stump from ohio oh, yeah. and you know it was that was it was a big yeah i don't have family that's what i'm looking for it was you know we'll spend the night at your house you know you'd go to people's houses there'd be five trucks in the in the driveway and everybody's sleeping on the floor and in their sleeping bags you know it's that's how it used to be traveling across you know even when we were novices juniors traveling across the country that's the way we did it we never bought hotels we'd always be at someone's grandma's house or aunt and uncles or you know <laughs> yeah i mean some of the names you mentioned stump and pegrill not only were those guys fast on the track but they knew how to have fun off the, off the racetrack so i think that era is probably you guys probably had the most fun after the races as well. It's definitely a different vibe now than in that as you know aspect than it was for you guys back then. Oh, oh correct. Yeah, we, we're the end of that old school era. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you mentioned you mentioned novice a little bit, and I don't know much about your novice career. I know you won the 1988 junior title and then you moved up to the, um, to the expert ranks, but talk about your transition from novice junior. And then, you know, ultimately to the expert ranks. 
<clears throat> well, obviously, when you're a novice, we were on wood row taxes. Well, I was. Um, and going through the novice career, uh, I, I was very, you know, I, I think I lost one race when I was a novice. I, you know, I gained all my junior points just winning all the Florida races. And But uh, anyways, and then moved up to the junior class and, you know, developed, you know, a little steeper climb on the ladder <laughs> and uh then of course got won the junior championship and you know back then you could run your 600 against the v twins and uh so i went to ascot and turned expert for that last race and no other rookies had made a main event prior to that and i went out and put the thing out there and on the front row and uh Anyways, uh, I think I finished fifth out. I beat Schobert. That was that was my claim to fame. Was that first race was at Ascot? I get to beat my, one of my heroes, Bubba Schobert, on his RS750 Honda when I was on my little Rotax. And then after that, they decided ah that they outlawed the singles racing against the twins after that. And then of course, uh, the Harley Davidson factory was involved with me, and for about that year coming up, and was enticing me to go ride the Harleys. So that's yeah. what I ended up doing. I read that, that you, uh, you only did one event and then you won the rookie of the year award. I was going to ask like, who were the guys you beat for that award? Like, I can't imagine them trying to go, go to all these races all year long and you, you show up at Ascot and ride one race and, and win the award. That's, that's pretty crazy. What was, uh, what was your experience like with Ascot? That's pretty, it's pretty iconic place. <clears throat> well, correct. Yeah, Andy Tresser was who was, I was in uh, running for the Rookie of the Year with. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Ascot. It's I wish all these kids today had an opportunity to ride that place because I mean, you had to go fast, you had to be on the gas, you had to turn it with the throttle, not with the front end. And I mean, it was flat out getting it on. I mean, seventeen, eighteen second laps. I think is what we did at ascot if i remember it was dirt too right kevin it wasn't limestone right it was like chunky dirt it, it was a the dirt was actually brought in from the the cemetery across the street and that's where all the dirt that it's a black loamy sticky when they'd water it it's sticky your shoes would come off when you try to walk across the racetrack i mean i mean it was racingest dirt that you can never have yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've obviously I've heard a lot of, a lot of Ascot stories and I've never, I don't even know if I've been there when I was younger. I don't think I, I don't think I've been there, but I definitely obviously I never, I never raced there. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the last race was 90, I think because OJ Ronnie Jones won it, but yep. if you just look at the photos, look at the photos. We're damn near dragging the handlebars at the apex of the corner and look at the throttle hand it's wide open you're damn near dragging the handlebars wow so you got the race there a couple times then obviously in uh 1988 well let's so so you won the junior title you got all your points uh and then you you just just jumped right to right to expert did you have a, a twins ride and just decided to ride the 600 or did you um did you not have a twins ride at the time um well the harley davidson they, they were watching me for a couple of years and and of course no i didn't get my harley contract and 
till I was 18 because 17 they wouldn't sign me until I turned 18 where I became of age I guess uh into adulthood I guess is what they say that is which I still haven't (laughs) found that out (laughs) yeah I saw you well you got the factory ride at you know obviously at 18 and 1989 do you remember that phone call I mean so you you've you've been on their radar at this point you said for a few years now so you I guess you expected it right uh no okay no I I because I, I I was just riding motorcycles I was just doing what I want to do have fun you know I'd, I I when I I'd skip school you know in grade school I'd run home from school to get on my little Honda 50 mini trail you know and my parents come home why is the bike hot uh cause, you know I'd, I'd eat the I'd, I'd eat the vegetables out of the out of the garden for for my lunch <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah i i mentioned before you came on the show but i really um i've spent some time with your parents obviously i got to ride some of your dad's uh bikes here a couple of years ago and it's uh Correct. they're like the nicest people ever your mom and your dad and it's just uh yeah it's talking with you then it's just it's just cool like your, your whole family vibe and atmosphere and all that man i just yeah i love the atherton family you guys have been always always been super cool to me over the years, but, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk to you about, I get, I get it a lot too. A lot of people, you know, they ask, you know, what, what can they do now? And everybody says they should go back to novice junior and expert, uh, you know, would that even work now? Like how would something like that even look like at this point? Um, my, opinion my theory they should have never changed it i mean that gave us the stepping stone right and and back to you know i grew up on you know dirt track bikes i went you know went from a viper frame to a star racer frame to a night frame to a ron wood frame to my c and j frames on on the 750s and we know how to slide and steer at that throttle and then now they have the transition you got to ride a motocross bike that you can only steer the thing and they they don't like to be you know steered with the throttle right with the rear wheel and i think that's taken a lot of uh i don't want to say talent and it's riders experience to gain that experience to learn how to oh yeah i mean i i see that as a struggle from kids going from the dtx bikes a bigger bike well it's definitely changed it's it's changed riding style if you look at photos from back in the day to now it's changed uh, even the way you set up the motorcycle man like i remember when i turned expert you know i i I didn't even it wasn't that long well 2007 the way we set up our bikes then to what they do now even even with the dtx bikes like we used to set up the dtx bikes kind of like a flat tracker we'd put the wire bars on them We'd lower them pretty low. And now, now everybody, they have their bikes set up so tall and real the rebound super quick. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, honestly, uh, how much the, the riding style has changed just from riding those DTX bikes. Have you ridden, have you ridden DTX bikes much? Correct. Exactly. Exactly right. You're spot on about that, Corey. Um, I rode the first time I rode one was at daytona short track the first year they they were trying to make the transition and i did two laps i might have done three laps 
pulled it and said, nope, put that away. I'll, I'll try it at Peoria. And went to Peoria, same thing. I only did a couple laps. And I'm like, no, this isn't a race bike. You know, <laughs> I, I, I want my road tax. I want yeah. my wood road tax. <laughs> that's badass so even peoria like even jumping it i mean honestly i a lot of the new school guys probably give me shit for it but i actually like tt in the twin better than i did the 450 um and i ride motocross and stuff but i i feel like the dtx bikes um you know i, I don't mind riding them for motocross because that's kind of what they're built for but when it comes to flat track <laughs> correct i want i want to i want the bike to turn through the apex and not try and high side me and you know, sometimes those, those motorbikes, they, I think the racing too, it's so close in the singles class because through the center of the corner, you can't be as aggressive with corner speed because the DTX bikes kind of just bounce around until they decide to go straight. And it kind of evens the playing field out a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Yeah. To me, it looks like it's pretty much a drag race from turn two to turn three and a drag race from turn four to turn one, you know, and I'm like, come on, you got to pass each other, you know, chase that moisture, get off the groove, you know, get up there, come on, you know, but of course they don't know how to slide a lot of the younger generation because they never had the opportunity to ride a framer bike. Yeah. And now it's like when they make that transition to riding a a purpose-built flat track chassis, sometimes riding a twin is that first experience because they're not riding 250 framers anymore, 450 framers or Rotexes. It's some, I know guys that literally have jumped off a DTX bike their whole career and then got on a twin. It's like, damn, um, it's crazy. And, and they're scared them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not uh they're not in Kansas anymore when they, when they get on those things, but um, well, you mentioned the wood Rotex, obviously you've had some good races on that and everybody knows you're, you know, your career on the XR 750, but what was like your favorite bike you ever rode? Like the most fun you've had, what, what bike was that? Oh, an XR 750, of course. Okay. I, and you know, I, I was, I always liked big tracks because I wanted to see how fast I could go. Like I mentioned earlier. And, you know, there's times like one time at the coin, I'm like, I just want to see if I can do 25 laps wide open it didn't matter to me if i won or not because i wasn't in the points at all because i only did selective races that year and i just want to see if i could do it and and it seemed to work pretty good that day and you know the tire the tire was gone after five laps but i had such a big lead on everybody you know they snuck up on me yeah actually i my first ever main event was the my first ever gnc main event was uh in the mile in 2008 and that was like when you kind of came back and you were doing a couple events or whatever, and you were actually in my qualifying heat race. And you, I think you finished one spot ahead of me, but I followed you to, to the checkered flag for my first ever GNC main event. So that is just a cool, cool Kevin Atherton memory I have. And then I, I forget when it was, there was another year where you rode Springfield mile and your bike broke and Willie McCoy let you ride one of his <laughs> And we're in the main <laughs> yeah. event and I'm like mid pack going through the corner and somebody from the back just blows around me on the outside. I'm thinking, what the shit? And I look and it's 23 on the leathers, man. And I remember you went from the back all the way to the front, like in two laps. Um, and that, it, that was the first, first lap. I led it the first lap from the first, fourth row. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't remember what year that was, but yeah, that was, 
in like 2004, five, six, right in there, I think. Yeah, well, I didn't get to uh, race with you a lot because when you were kind of retiring, I was like just just turning pro or whatever. But have a few good uh, few good memories with you. I always thought those were cool. Um, and you talked about the <clears> well. Film. I oh, go ahead. I, I was, you know, that I wasn't really looking to retire back then, but you know, my orthopedic, uh, it, it was my body was through. I was hard on my body. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, you know, wanted to see how fast I could go kind of like Ricky Bobby, you know? <laughs> well, you talk, you kind of casually talked about the factory Harley team and you were pretty much with those guys right out of the gate. And I think it was four or five years you rode for the factory Harley team. You know, you had Springsteen, Parker, Chris Carr, and yourself. That's a yeah. pretty iconic team. I mean, that's, that's incredible. What was your experience like? I mean, at the time it was, that was pretty much your first ride as an expert, but looking back at it now, what was, what was that experience like just being a factory rider at 18 years old? <laughs> I, <laughs> that's hard to answer because I mean, yeah, it's a dream come true, something that you wish, but it was what I did every day. It was, you know, I just loved riding motorcycles and, and now I get to do it for Harley Davidson and and with some of the greatest riders ever that ever came along to race dirt track and of course I, I've known Springsteen and Parker since I was a baby and then Chris Carr since I was probably 12 and yeah that it was like I say a dream come true um but I I didn't take it serious enough because I I was still getting to do what I love to do, race motorcycles. I didn't know I had to be serious about this. I was just still having fun. Yeah. Well, that's kind of your natural reaction anyway. Like, I mean, in a way that might've been good because you didn't add, add pressure to yourself. You could just go out and ride your bike, but now you have to kind of call certain people after the race weekend and do all that stuff. But it seemed like back then the camaraderie between you guys was a lot better than with the riders nowadays. Um, it seemed like, you know, but it was kind of weird because on the track, you guys were pretty aggressive with one another. Um, you were clean, but like everybody kind of hung out after the, after the races were over. Um, what was that? Is that true? Like you guys pretty much, you guys were all seemed like you're pretty good friends. Oh, oh, absolutely. We were all great friends together. And yes, we'd all stay at the same hotel, all travel together in the caravans, motorhomes all together. And and absolutely, after the race is over, we all went back, had dinner. We were, we were great friends. We'd play golf the day before the race. You know, we'd always do that every weekend. Yeah. And I, I, it's, I'm, like I said, I'm older generation, old school, and that's the way I grew up doing it. You know, my dad grew up that way with Marco Man. You know, that was his mentor. And, I, you know, it's, that was something part of our lives that's the way we lived our lives was yeah no no seeing friends no doubt and that was my only friends were the people i didn't have friends in high school really because i was always at the racetrack yeah yeah i can relate to that yeah i i never really fit in in high school either i was always sort of at home at the racetrack but um you know you mentioned you, you didn't really have really any anybody you raced with. I mean, you raced with guys, but no major rivalries, junior, 
um, expert, you know, you did one race and one rookie of the year and all the teammates that I mentioned on the factory Harley team, they're all a little bit older than you or, you know, quite a bit older. So did you have any, like, who was your rival really? I mean, obviously everybody, you want to beat everybody, but did you have one guy that you hated finishing behind? Uh, well, obviously you don't want to finish behind anyone. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really don't know how to answer that, Corey, because I liked everybody. I had fun with everyone out there. <laughs> I know. I, I ask everybody it. It's just one of them I, things. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it depends on what track or whatever. Like at Hagerstown, gosh, I got to beat Rodney. Got to beat Rodney Ferris at Hagerstown or beat Rotor at Lima, you know. It, it, yeah. You have to, you know. Yeah. I grew up with the Rotors also with, with Joe and Jesse. And... Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's – that that era was a little bit different. Every every time I talk with somebody from like the late seventies or early eighties, it's always like Gary Scott or or somebody like that. I know those guys; <laughs> they, they were a little different breed. They they weren't as friendly as you guys were during like the Camel Pro days. Those guys didn't really like Correct. each other as much. So, correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you said you're not a big cell phone guy or, or social media or anything like that. Do you miss that? Nope. Do you miss that man? Like th I do. I mean, I'm like back in the day traveling with no, no cell phones or, you know, stopping and using a pay phone and getting your results and cycle news. Like everything's convenient now, but it's also taken away so much from like the pureness of the sport. I mean, do you, do you, do you find yourself missing those, those days? Very nice, nice analogy there. Sixty-five. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, because they were somewhere. One race this weekend. We can't wait to get to the next race because they'll have brand new cycle news. <laughs> and that was the first thing when you you get to the racetrack. Hey, we got a new cycle news. Yep, yep, right here. I mean, I, very enjoyable. You know, getting to read through all the cycle news. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of social media. I think a lot of it's, you know, Shit. unnecessary things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like listening to, I don't know, I've had, I think it was Willie McCoy. We had him on the show and he talked about, he got left at a gas station because they thought he was up in the top bunk. <laughs> they drove yeah. eight hours and they, they didn't have cell phones in. So he couldn't call anybody. He just got left at, at the gas station where nowadays you, you would just call somebody, you know, or, or we had somebody, they didn't want to drive. They were tired of driving. So their co-pilot fell asleep. They fast forwarded the clock on the truck and they woke him up yeah. in 20 minutes and yeah. said, Hey man, I've been driving for six hours. It's your, it's your shift. And you couldn't do that now because everybody would just look at their cell phone as soon as they wake up. So that's, that was Willie's biggest trick when you'd be in the truck with Willie, ah, I've been driving. You get up and yep. And Willie would change the car. <laughs> that's so funny. Who, uh, who did you spend the most time traveling with? Like the pro stuff? Like you said, you traveled with a lot of people, but who was like your main, main phone call? Like, Hey man, there's a race out in Southern California. There's a race in Texas. Hop in the truck. Let's go. Exactly. It's when I was novice junior. Yeah, that's when we would do that. And it was Willie McCoy. I'd travel with him. Davey Durrell uh, would travel with him a little bit. Yeah, it's and that, that, it was always fun. You know, I remember. Gosh, yeah, Willie's van. We had 
uh, Chris Kaiser's RS750, Willie McCoy's uh, Honda 600, and I had my two Rotax. Willie had two. Anyways, we had five motorcycles in his van. We took the mile bike, the wood Rotax, the mile bike, and took the wheels off it and the handlebars and slid it under the, the bench in the front. So, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I hate when I go uh, road tripping with somebody and they're like, well, we don't really have room to bring that. I'm like, what? A, a pair of rollerblades? Like, are you kidding me? Like, the amount of stuff guys fit in our vehicles. It's, uh, it's insane actually, uh, what, what we've all been able to accomplish fitting in like a, well, a, a small roof van. <laughs> correct. We, we were just in the E350 vans. Exactly. And we have five motorcycles and three riders and absolutely. Yeah. Was, that's those days. Man, yeah. We miss those days and the kids nowadays need to learn all that stuff. I know. You know trout you know from race to race Absolutely. yeah for sure um a couple more questions i'll let you let you go but i so much i wanted i've always wanted to ask in personally and i never actually gotten a chance to have full full-on conversations like this with you too much we're always kind of at the track and then we leave or whatever but um what rate obviously you you have 14 career wins you like the bigger tracks you I think you've won seven miles and seven half miles. So, you know, a good mix of both. Um, and you have a bunch of podium finishes and you've podiumed every, every kind of track, like you've podium TTs, you podium to short track. Um, what, what's your favorite racetrack? It's kind of a cliche question, but I think one that needs to be answered. Um, you know, all the race when they're prepared properly, you know, the, where we can race from the pole position, you know, to the hay bales when you can ride a racetrack. That, that's always my favorite, but the coin is, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy the coin, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just the shape of it. You know, it's, you know, like the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it has four separate corners and there's a lot of things you can do, you yeah. know. Well, you bring I mean, up the coin and I, I want to say it's, it's more of a technical, okay. you know, compared to like Springfield is perfectly symmetrical where right. the coin is still perfectly symmetric, but it's, you know, shaped like the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, four separate corners, two short straightaways in between them. And there's a lot of different things you can do. You know, you, I don't want to let everybody know that but, <laughs> or what to do. Yeah. <laughs> when nah. you're going through one and two or three and four or, yeah <laughs> well it's you know one you mentioned the coin and that was your final is that your final win 2004 you won it kicked everyone's ass was that the last win you've had yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes yes it was yeah that's i i remember reading about that I, I didn't get to go to it but i remember reading about it when i was young and i always thought that was a really cool win just kind of the way you did it you know and, and you mentioned like technical mile you know technical racetracks and non-technical racetracks and it's kind of it's kind of funny because when i turned to expert i really liked kind of a more simple racetrack um like i, I really enjoyed springfield mile when i turned expert because i always felt like i had a shot you know on a good day that's not, not a real technical track if i can get a good start and uh -huh. get in the mix you know I, i'd have a shot and now it's like you know, when you develop a skill set, you sort of want that more technical racetrack, or at least I do, um, you know, where you have to kind of 
figure it out more as a rider than kind of the crapshoot type thing. And, um, you know, you, you've, always, you've always done really well on those technical racetracks, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, half mile or mile, what short track did you podium actually? I was going to ask you. Um, it was the one in Indiana Hobstad, I think. Or okay. I can't remember. Yeah. I was really fast that day. Oh, Chillicothe. Oh, Chillicothe. Yeah, Chillicothe. yeah. Chillicothe, yeah, yeah. Ohio. Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, of course, I thought I had a pretty really good shot at it and led it for half the race. And all of a sudden, uh, Chris Carr and Johnny Murphy go by me. And because before the main event, I'm like, why are you guys putting on fives, putting on the soft tire? Or putting on eight on, I'm sorry, putting on the hard tire. And well, now I know because that eight remember. worked good the last 10 laps where my five <laughs> was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. It's something too that that's changed a little bit. I feel like, you know, when I turned expert, everybody was kind of, it was a toss up between like the hard and the hard and medium compound. And now everybody just kind of runs one compound most of the time. But uh, yeah. Yes. On on the seven fifties, I'd always run hard compound tires, you know, and I'd even get ones that sat and we'd sit in the, sit in the rafters for, you know, a year to even get it harder. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy because now like there's three compound tires and we pretty much run the softs or or the medium compound everywhere minus like the miles. Um, But Uh obviously tires tires have changed. Well, finally they've changed. They were pretty much the same for like thirty years, but um, they've changed a little bit now. But yeah, um, and and like you say, rider style riding and stuff's different. So I I, oh absolutely, yeah absolutely. And of course track conditioning, I. I don't understand why it always ends up being a narrow groove on the bottom when you have all that racetrack up there with some moisture you can see in it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you talk about track prep, man. I wanted to bring that up because you, you, you're doing a new deal with, with RPM promotions. You're going to help, help Jeff prep, prep some of the racetracks coming up in the, in the future. So talk about that, man. That's pretty, that's pretty cool that you're still involved and, and not only, you know, involved, but doing things to, to just help make the racing better and the track more safe. Well, well, correct. That's all I know is racing motorcycles, golf, and women in that order. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I've known Jeff Hires at RPM Promotions for, you know, since we were kids. And uh, he's doing a real good series trying to get all these boys back into it and the younger generation and, and we're at a racetrack in Marion, Indiana right now. We're sitting in my van. The guy just pulled up with the tractor stuff because the race is on Saturday and we're, we're getting ready to start working the track now, you know, turning it over, wheel packing, turn it over because we want it to be like a little ascot, you know, a racy track where you can go anywhere. And that's where these kids will learn how to, how to use that throttle and, and steer it with the, with the rear end. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, we're going to be skating around on a little clay short track this weekend. But, uh, if I, if I wasn't doing that, buddy, I'd, I'd make it out there. Cause I'm sure you guys are going to have the track, the track running. Uh, it's going to be good. So that, that's awesome. I wanted to ask you about that. I haven't seen you at the track a heck of a lot really recently. I know you were doing some rider coaching with some different guys after you retired and helping your, helping your dad out with some different things with racing and stuff like that. But, um, 
you know what yeah, correct you know it, it's just i don't want to get involved with it Corey, but I, I just don't agree with where the series is and where it's trying to go or where the guy thinks he's trying to go with it i mean it just i don't agree with any of it yeah so, well it's, i agree man and it's good that i agree that you know you gotta you gotta do what makes you happy with it and if you're able to give back to the sport with your knowledge and um you know whether or not it's you know when aft race or rpm promotions or whatever you're able to kind of share your insight with and and the more important thing is you know, um, they want your insight. Like, you know, Jeff wants that, that knowledge that you've been able to accumulate over so long. Um, it's really cool, man, that you're, that you're a part of it and guys can come out and, and know that they're getting a, a track prepped from Kevin Atherton, you know, at least some insight and not everything goes according to plan. Like, you know, dirt's unpredictable, but you gotta, you know, make, make good decisions as well with what you're doing. And correct. Yeah, we just had Mother Nature just dropped a bunch on us just a little bit, which is good, for in my opinion. But the, the, these kids coming up, I mean, it, they need to understand that it's fun. Also, you know, it, it's it's I I see a lot of that in the, this younger generation. They think it's a job, and you know, they're already doing dietitian and training, and it's like, come on, no, you got have fun doing it, and that's when you're really gonna enjoy it. Yeah, I was going to ask kind of if you had advice for, you know, a 16-year-old rider in the singles class as they make that transition to to a twin, what would, you know, your your biggest advice be besides what you just, you know, have fun and um, what else can, can guys do, like, as they're coming up through that you think will help? <clears throat> Once again, this is my opinion. Um you got to ride a motorcycle. I mean, you got to be in love with that motorcycle and it's a passion. You know, if, if you can't find that, then try to find something else that you're passionate about. And that'll make life, you know, that much more happier and keep a smile on your face. No doubt, man. That's, that's some good input. Um, our last little segment we do every show, it's, it's called the higher low line and it's kind of this or that we ask you one or the other and you kind of pick one and, give us a brief explanation on, uh, on why, but, um, you got to pick one mile to go race the for the coin, the coin. I was going to say Springfield or the coin, but you kind of already answered that, I suppose. All right, well, let's do a, Oh man, let's do, uh, well, I already know you're, I was going to say Lima or Hagerstown, but you're definitely going to pick Lima. So, um, so I'll, well, I'll move. Hagerstown, I, 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 Hagerstown was fun. Hagerstown was, Oh, you like that? Okay. I it took me years to figure it out, but when I figure it out, I think I still have the twenty-five lap track record there. Oh no shit! I didn't know and, that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. And I, I finally figured. And so that was a big achievement to win Hagerstown. Uh, I never won Lima. I came close a few times, but yeah, Lima is fun. So yeah, Lima. <laughs> that's crazy man i had no idea you will i didn't even know you won hagerstown i uh yeah it's, cra- it's crazy that's awesome yeah the guys who probably should have won lima like so many guys that should have won and they never did but then like you'll go and you'll win hagerstown or george roder went and he won like i-96 it's just exactly <laughs> it's so crazy actually that i know and geo we always thought geo would win lima and no he wins i-96 <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's the beauty of flat track. It's just like you never freaking know who's going to win. It could be well, it, exactly, Corey. If you, it was in the late '90s, I forget what year '95, '96, '97. The first twelve races, we had eleven different winners, that's and Chris crazy. Carr was only a double winner from Daytona Short Track and Peoria. I mean, how competitive it that was back crazy. then. Yeah, and I I was looking up your stats and. I didn't know you podium TT races, dude. Like I never know. I never knew you as a TT guy, but like fucking right. Like TT yeah, Peoria was the only TT I ever rode. <laughs> that's badass. That's so cool. I had no idea like that you podium TTs as well. I was looking up your podiums. I was like, I knew you had a lot of podiums, but I never knew you TT you TT podium. That's freaking awesome. Um, yeah, I, I try. I tried to ride Castle Rock once. <laughs> not a fan. Didn't go very well. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun, but I, yeah, anyways. But, yeah, uh, I feel you. Um, last one, kind of, well, you talked about track prep and kind of sticking on that topic a little bit, but what what surface do you prefer? Um, obviously, you like the, the get it on racetracks, but do you prefer like a dirt cushion like Ascot or are you more like the limestone cushion like Lima? Um, an Ascot cushion is getting it on. Um, see, Springfield used to be like that. They'd prepare it like that. And DeCoin used to be like that. And it's, I, I don't know why they got away from that, but it's so much fun when you have that little fluff cushion at Springfield and absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like, get out front, cow. man. Holy get out cow, front. That was close. Let me see if I can do that again. <laughs> All my dad would talk about is how bad the roost hurt at Ascot. He said you had to put, cardboard in your leathers and all kinds of shit i was like get out of here man it couldn't have been that correct bad. was it that bad oh they're nuts and bolts i've seen spark <laughs> plugs in the front number plates of bikes before <laughs> that's insane yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and they had rocks there too but yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. he'd always tell i'd always complain about the roost somewhere and He'd be like, ah, oh, you're being a, you're being a puss, man. It, it's, you should yep. have been an ascot back in the day. I'm like, shut up, dude. It couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> it's so funny. Exactly. Guys would wear hockey gear on, on the outside <laughs> of the leather. You know, you know, like goalie gear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good, good stuff, man. Um, Once again, I appreciate you coming on the show. I obviously I can chat with you for, for hours, but it was good catching up and, are you going to come to any more, are you going to come to any AF team rounds this year or kind of, kind of just doing your own thing? Uh, and now RPM has a good schedule going on and I have Jeff Hires sitting right here with me and he'd, he'd like to speak with you if you, if you don't mind, Corey. Oh, hell yeah. Bring him on. Bring him on, Kevin. Thanks, okay, buddy. But, 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 but yeah, if I, I don't know, I may show up, you know, I, out of the blue, I showed up at Oklahoma city. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Was, I remember yeah. seeing it. I saw it. Yep. I saw it. Okay. See, nice. Yeah, it'd be cool yeah, to see. Yeah, like man. I said, it's yeah, I, I might show up at somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I, no, I, I I know your pops is I still see uh Dave doing different stuff for some riders. I think he's working with Bronson right now. So um yes. It's cool. Cool seeing them and um definitely always good to see you at the track too. I know the fans, they always come over and say hi to Cupcake when they see him in the pit. Actually, real fast, man, where'd you get that nickname from? <laughs> Uh, that, that was a nickname from Butch Lavasser, one of Scotty Parker's very good friends on a trip on the way out to Sacramento one year. Okay. Yeah. Just random nickname or. 
Yeah, well, if you remember right, exit 23 is the Mustang Ranch, and I was <laughs> national number 23, and they're like, you've got to stop. And, of course, I'm 17, and I've never been to one of those places before. And anyways, it, they, they called me a cupcake because I wouldn't enter the place. They're, you know, they called me every other name in the book. You're a gosh darn cupcake. And so... <laughs> At the riders' meeting at Sacramento, Parker had to tell the whole story about how I wouldn't even walk in the door, and everybody <laughs> assumed it was from something else that happened with cupcakes in the establishment, but it didn't. It was That's just because so I wouldn't funny. go in. My mom, my mom was talking about you uh, a couple months ago. She said she was she was trying to talk about you. She said it wasn't cupcakes. She said like something stupid like muffin. You know, you should get muffin on the show. I'm like, who the fuck's muffin? Or it, it was some kind of pastry, but it wasn't a cupcake. And I'm like, I, and my wife, I think my wife figured out. She's like, do you mean Kevin Atherton? My mom's like, yeah. She's like, it's cupcake. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I will tell your mother I said hello. Please. I will, man. I will. I, she, uh, she comes to some of them, but yeah, she, I get some of the good stories from her back in the day, but no, those, those days were awesome, man. It's good to get some insight from you and, Hopefully we'll, well, that was a very clean, nicest version I could give you of the cupcake story. Dude, that's good. It's all good. I mean, I, uh, Someday I, when you do a round table, you get us all on a round table and somebody can record it and write the stuff down and names have to be admitted from, uh, <laughs> we need a book. I, I've, I've talked yeah. about it with, after we've had Pegram and Scott Stump on and Willie McCoy, pretty much all the guys you hung out with. Um, we've, we, we need like a, an, an anonymous book of like stories from the, from the early flat track days. It would be a, a pretty seller. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> All right, Absolutely. man. Well, good luck this weekend. And yeah, let me say hi to Jeff quick, if you don't mind. All right. Thank you, Corey. I, I appreciate everything. No problem. Buddy. Hey Corey, how's it going, buddy? Hey Jeff, how are you doing, man? Uh, just getting this thing prepared for this weekend, you know, so, uh, it was nice to see Kevin come in today, and uh, we've already uh, started doing some things down here for the short track on Saturday, and and uh, so I just want to talk about my schedule a little bit coming up. Yeah, absolutely, uh, man. Because you know, with Kevin helping out, man, we're gonna we're gonna have some bitching tracks uh, coming up that uh, you know we're always rider favorites. So we've got the Marion Indiana Short Track during the Hog Days three day event this Saturday. Gates open at noon. Practices at three thirty and heats are slated to kick off at 5.30. And uh, so then we have September the 25th, Circleville, Ohio, which everybody loves the, the uh, nice cushion half mile down there in, in Circleville. So we've got that September the 25th. October the 2nd, I am running that RPM National, uh, Pro National. Uh, we have a $15,000 purse for the twins, singles, and I have a 450 amateur support class that day. And uh, I know there's going to be beer sales there. They're doing a bike show that day there. And then, um, and then Sunday, I've decided uh, to add on an amateur event as well. So uh, two days of racing and uh, tickets are on sale for that RPM national on Eventbrite. Tickets are uh, $25 uh, for adults and 10 for kids. And then they bump up to 30 and, and uh, 15 the day of the show. And then also uh, let's see, what do we got? We've got, uh, uh, October 9th, we'll be down in Tri-City Speedway down at the old Granite City, uh, Illinois facility, which I think uh, Kevin and I raced there as pro back in the I've day down I've there. I've heard there too, actually. Yep. 
Yeah, so uh, that's going to be a great venue. I know a lot of Illinois boys are excited about that event coming up and uh, being able to ride that track. And then, uh, of course, you know, we're, we're back in Lima for RPM Lima 2, uh, October the 30th. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a great event as well. I think, uh, you know, that, that one could be as big as the first one, you, you know, as well as I did. We had, what, 322 entries at that first one. And uh, so that one, we're, we're having an after-race party. Uh, I've already booked the hog. We're having a hog roast, live music, and, um, uh, you know, tickets for that thing are, all, you know, that's only $10 for the after-race party. So, and, and that includes beer. So 10 bucks, you get beer, you get hog with some side dishes and live music for kind of the end of the year deal. And then, and then, uh, then Robbie McClendon and I are putting on battle at the beach again. And that is November uh, 6th uh, weekend. So uh, we got some great races coming up. It's great to see Kevin on board with me helping out with these, uh, you know, these tracks coming up or, uh, you know, tracks uh, that Kevin likes these cushion racetracks. So, you know, Brad Baker's helped me out and, and, uh, you know, so it's nice seeing a lot of these guys being able to help out RPM and, and, uh, make these tracks pitching. Yeah. And for everybody listening to, um, you can check out his Facebook page, RPM promotions. Uh, he puts up a lot of, a lot of info and flyers with dates and times. Obviously that was a, a lot of info to write down, but, um, Jeff does a really good job at putting the flyers up on his social pages. And, um, and we share the flyers as well on our, on our podcast um, social media pages, but, um, yeah, man, a lot of, a lot of good events coming up yep. circleville. I've raced in most of those, honestly, I've never been to Hastings, but I, I actually rode granite city as a pro sport. They had a, a regional race there and, um, I won it. I really liked it. It's a really, uh, really cool little racetrack there. Um, and I think it's like, well, St. And, Louis, and right. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Right, yep. yep. Right down there by uh, St. Louis. And then, you know, hopefully you can make it up to Hastings because, uh, you know, that's, that's the Tom Cummings uh, Memorial, you know, Kevin raced for TCR and, oh, and yeah. uh, you know, Damn. Nick Cummings is having a golf outing. I believe, don't quote me on this. I believe August the 28th and um, they're nine o'clock rolling Hills up in uh, Lapeer. Lapeer, Michigan. And a lot of that money, you know, we're going to have three different dashes of uh, the Tom Cummings Memorial dashes, uh, one for the twins one for the um, singles and one for the 450 amateur support class. So with, you know, with the $15,000 purse, so, you know, 10,000, I think is the uh, twins purse, 5,000 for the singles. And then, um, you know, I might throw a little money into that 450 amateur deal. So that was going to be a big event. And, uh, you know, TCR was such a major, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Legend, uh, man. That guy was a legend. Yeah. yeah he, he, he was, he was a legend. Great and, guy. You know, yeah great guy and uh you know kevin can talk about him for for probably weeks you know but uh the, the only story i've heard with kevin is uh you know how great of a guy he was and he remember you know tc smoking these cigarettes and a big old ash would be hanging off of his cigarette and thing would be a mile long you know so uh <laughs> he'd be lighting another one so you know kevin's got so many great stories so it's fun to have kevin at the track but yeah tcr man tom cummings uh what a major impact on, on the sport of flat track racing. I guess that's the word I was looking for. So, yeah, so, yeah we're looking Hastings, forward to that one. October 2nd is the Tom Cummings that race, correct? correct? Okay, cool. Cool, yep. man. Yeah, I'll try October. and put that on my, put that on my schedule. I'll get my, get my uh, little garage twin ready and try and get up for that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I've, I spent some time with Tom Cummings over the years and uh, really, really liked talking to that guy. He was really super dude. So yeah, it's good tribute to him. And like you said, a lot of good races coming up. We'll, we'll keep you guys reminded on that. Um, 
Awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, best of luck this weekend with your event. And, um, yeah, thank you. It's going to be, it's always cool when you're doing shit with your buddy too, man. Obviously at cupcakes, you're what well, you guys are good friends. So anytime you're able to, to do anything with a good friend and, and, uh, you know, that's, that makes it so much better. Even, even if it's a job, it's just cool to kind of go out and hang out with your buds and, and, uh, ride. No, it is. And, you know, uh, you know, Kevin was on time today and that, that's a great thing. And, you know, I, I pulled in the pits with the motor home <laughs> and, and so I made him pull in the pits with me so I could lock the gate. So we're all fenced in. He can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's always a way to get out. If, if, if there's something enticing on that other side of the fence, but yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Right. So, uh, well, that's why I got a leash on him. He can't go too far from it. That's badass. <laughs> well, take some photos so, of the track and, and send them our yep. way. We'll get them posted. And, uh, yeah, best of luck this weekend and appreciate, appreciate Kevin and yourself for coming on chat, man. Well, hey, thanks, Corey. Thanks for everything that you do for flat track racing. And uh, obviously, uh, you're, you know, you're uh, kicking ass this year. So uh, wish you the best on that and uh, appreciate everything you do. Cool. I'll see you soon, man. Thanks. Thanks, C-Tex. All right, guys. Um, see you later. <laughs> yep. See you, Kevin. Wow, that was awesome, to say the least. Chatting with, with Cupcake was a good one. I could have talked with him for fuck dude for a couple more hours easily. Uh, we say it a lot, but we're always, Oh, then we need to bring so-and-so back for an episode two or a part two. But I think we'll do, we'll do like a question and answer with the fans and maybe bring, bring him back and, and have him answer some of the fan questions. But yeah, that was awesome. Definitely getting some insight from Jeff hires as well with his series was, was pretty dope. But our, our next guest, actually, we got a, a call in, to our Loretta Lynn's, uh, well, I don't, I don't know how we're going to put this, but our Loretta Lynn's qualifier went to the event, hurt his footy, and we got Noah Chambers on the line. What's up, dude? Not too much, man. How you doing? I'm all right, man. I uh, obviously the the our followers they they followed the the pages and saw saw the Loretta's deal, man. That's a fucking bummer. Yeah, man. Uh... Definitely not not an ideal week for me, you know. Um, unfortunate, unfortunately, you know, um, it had to end like that. But it is what it is, man. So it was definitely a practice incident, right? You didn't like jump in the pond and hurt your foot or <laughs> get angry and kick your van or something. It actually was no, a no, no, no. It was on uh, actually in practice. Don't act like day. don't act like that's crazy. Don't act like that's crazy. I know, right? No, no, I had a, uh, there was this jump into the sand set, the sand section, kind of like before the finish line down there. And it was like, um, pretty big, man. And I don't know, I don't know what I did wrong or, or what happened, but it just happened so fast. Uh, when I landed, I kind of like high sided and it was it's a pretty high speed section. So slammed me on the ground pretty good. And, um, as soon as it happened, I'm like, you know, you, you know how it is when you crash your heart, you kind of like check yourself over. You're like, man, am I all good? But right away, my leg was burning. I was like, shit, man. So I crawled off to the side of the track, and right away, I kind of knew. I'm like, dude, I'm like, something seriously, seriously messed up. So that uh, that was the end of my week, man. I think I know what jump you're talking about. I watched, man, I watched hours of footage. I got I got drugged to the beach for a few days with my family, and I, I sat back and, and watched a lot of the motos. And I think it's it was, it was like a huge sand jump, right? And there wasn't like a, it wasn't like a great landing. It was kind of just like a really small, small yeah, landing yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. It. I know, I know exactly what jump you're talking about. I 
saw some foot. I watched the, um, like I said, I watched the motos and I watched, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big Brian Deegan fan. So I follow their channel and I watched, uh, I watched, uh, his kid hit, hit that yeah, jump a yeah. few times. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, man, that is not, that landing does not look fun, dude. So, yeah. You know, so you know um, what it is. Yeah. Golly. So broke your foot. So you, so you call me up, you're like, dude, I think I broke my foot or I hurt my foot. You send me a photo. It's pretty, pretty fucked. Like it's black and blue or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to try and race. So I tune into your moto and then, so like we're watching, that got me in the fam. I'm like, all right, this is Noah's moto. I, I don't know how he's going to do. Cause his, his foot was, is pretty bad. And, yeah. um, you come, you come around the parade lap and you're, you're the last guy to come on the, come around the parade lap. And I was like, dude, you could have at least like tried to win the parade lap. You're like, man, that's all I had. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, uh, I was literally going as fast as I could on the, on the parade lap and, and, I still got smoked. Them guys are fucking around. I just, uh, I didn't realize how bad it was, my foot, until uh, until kind of I got back home. You know, I got, I got, I tried to race obviously the first moto. I couldn't even stand up on it, so I just pulled off. Um, I got X-rays down there at the track uh, within that, with actually within 30 minutes of this happening. Um, they have a mobile medical, basically a mobile ER there at the track, and it's really good, man. They, you know, MX Sports and and then they do a really good job with having like a, a really solid medical crew there. So they took care of me pretty quick. But, um, you know, the x-rays we took at the track did show a break in my foot, but it didn't really show the full extent of it. So I got home. Um, so I got home and uh, got the orthopedic up here to take a look at it. And when he looked at it, you know, I had a CAT scan. And right away he's like, dude, you know, I actually so I had him look at it Monday. And he's like, we need to do surgery on that thing pretty bad, like, like ASAP. And I'm like, well, what's, what's ASAP? Like how soon? He's like, how about tomorrow morning? So I go in Monday and he's, you know, they right, right off the bat, they schedule surgery for Tuesday morning. So, um, I ended up like my heel. So my, my heel bone, I think it's called like the calcaneus or something like that. Anyway, that broke into like three different spots. And then I broke two other bones in my actual foot. So had to go in yesterday and get this thing uh screwed back together so I saw you got two two screws right yeah two two screws in my heel to to put it back together so i'm literally sitting on a couch right now with my foot up in the air i've been doing this all day it sucks what is your what foot is it it is my right foot ah uh, i was gonna say i got two screws in my left ankle still i thought we'd be uh we'd be twinning but no nah, that's I guess that's probably better than your right. I mean, better that better your right than your left. For for yeah, me, I mean, like for a flat for a flat tracker, you definitely want to. You'd rather hurt your right foot than your left. But moto, I don't know, man. Well, your shit, you shift more than you probably use the rear brake. So yeah, probably yeah. your right's better. At least they say you should. You know, rear brake. They say you don't really use it that much, but you know, yeah. I don't know. Neither foot's good to have metal in. But what are you gonna do, man? The doc, doc <laughs> said it'll stay in unless it gives me trouble you know yeah i was supposed to get mine out like that off season in 2007 <laughs> and it's 2021 i just i just keep putting it on the it's like that like list of things you have on your counter to do and like yeah you just keep adding more shit but like the stuff at the top like the stuff you don't want to do just never gets done that's mm -hmm. kind of what it was like with my with my ankle screws oh but, i know how it goes dude yeah. That's a bummer, man. Well, I, uh, 
Yeah, I know how the injury thing goes, obviously. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Here. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and be bitter about it or nothing like that. It just, it happens, man. It's been a long time since I've, uh, since I've been hurt. I mean, you know, it sucks that kind of that's, that's the end of my year for me. You know, I'm gonna miss Unadilla this weekend, Boats Creek, and and kind of whatever else I had planned. I'll probably be out for, I don't know, eight, eight to twelve weeks, I'd say. So. um yeah, you know, it sucks, but hey, it could have been a lot worse. I'm, you know, take it for what it is, and, and I'll just try to heal up and do everything I can to uh, be back as soon as possible. Well, actually, you you know. you'll probably you'll probably be able to uh, flat track before you moto again, so maybe we'll, maybe when you're you're starting to feel all right, we can, because uh, you can stick your left foot out and flat track. You just got to use the brake a little bit, but. That's it. I mean, I'll be back for uh Timonium indoors. I got to defend my win. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I'll, I guess I better get my steed ready for you. <laughs> yeah, no, it is what, um, what do you got planned then? Are you? You mentioned to me on the phone off off the air that you might be coming to Weedsport this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get up there. That's uh, kind of my plan. You know, obviously, I was gonna go to Unadilla this weekend to race, but. I'm going to just be hanging out at a race. I'd rather beat the flashback race than the, uh, than the moto race, you know? Yeah. That'd be easier to easier one to swallow. I'd be the opposite. Obviously I'd want to be at the moto race instead of the flat track race, but, um, I feel you there, dude. Why don't, so like Corey, our, our, for everybody listening, our one buddy, Corey, he doesn't really have a, a vehicle that's great to drive and you can't drive because your foot's all jacked around. Just let him borrow the vet for a few weeks and then make him drive you around and just cruise. Yeah, right. That would that would end up real well. Knowing him, he'd probably crash it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking outside the box, man. Because you got a clutch, <laughs> you have a clutch vet. So it's you mentioned to me, I didn't even think about it, but it's it's uh it's it's really hard to drive a clutch clutch with in- one foot. I could drive the van, but the van's got no style, you know. Marty you down. You could um, just take the head of the broomstick off and use that for your. You could just put the broomstick down like Ricky Bobby on the clutch, and then just <laughs> use your other foot for the brake and the throttle. <laughs> tape it to the uh, <laughs> tape it to the clutch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, oh well, that's that's shitty. We had a uh, Kevin Atherton on the show tonight. You know who that is? I don't actually. He is gnarly. He's like sure he's one of the gnarliest dude. guys ever. He's bad. Like I wanted you. No, nah, he's a flat tracker. He used to be flat factory tracker. Harley flat tracker. Oh yeah. He's, they call him cupcake, his nickname. So he's, uh, he's gnarly. I, he's, I don't, it's like a different gnarly than rusty Rogers, but it's still, it, it might be gnarlier. He's pretty gnarly. So it's funny dude. Um, when I was, uh, when I was laying on the ground there in, the, in that, in that section, once I broke my foot or my leg or whatever, I was laying there and Rusty's son came riding up next to me and he stopped. He's like, are you good? And I just, I just gave him the thumbs down. <laughs> my head. Nope. Nope. Oh uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, Loretta's experience, man. I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool deal what they do. It's probably, it looks like it's a little overwhelming. Like it's almost too much going on and, um, but it looks just, I mean, I see stuff like Loretta's and it's just, that's something I, I would love flat track to even be a fraction of that, you know, like that hype and like vendors and 
like food like what do they have for vendors and food and i mean there's a ton of shit oh, it's there, unreal right? it's like so if, if you've ever gone to like a pro national i know you have but you know other people a pro national um loretta's is kind of like that dude when you go there all they got all the big semis there they have and now that like monster energy because it's kind of swapped title sponsors over the years but now that monster energy is the title sponsor of that do they shell out big bucks for that event like i mean it's huge the amount of money they spend and and even throughout the week aside from like the racing and stuff just like you know they they fly in all the big freestyle guys and have like big freestyle show big like big concert set up a huge stage and and i mean they they i mean i saw the guys i saw the guys that were there like chad reed villapoto um man of carmichael i think i saw was there there was like pretty much all the everybody yeah all the top pros are are there for that week because because they take a break i mean it's it's so big they usually i mean there's always a break they don't even race any of the pro stuff that weekend when that is going on so all the guys that are typically at the nationals are here at that race it's uh it's pretty big man i mean i've never seen it as big as it was this year this is by far the biggest unit i've ever had as far as like people just go there and, and just camp for the whole the whole week just to watch because you got to think every single class there is is entertaining i mean whether it's kids on pw50s or it's guys that are in the 50 plus class every single class is good racing because it's the best dude in the country dude the 50 plus class was probably my favorite class of the week it was like Jeff Emig and Ryan Hughes and then local guy Barry Carson and Frenchie Greg Parma uh, Parmot and uh I don't know how to say his fucking last name Frenchie fuck um then there was Keith John uh, man just so many people I don't even remember all the names and then Kurt Nickel like dude there were so many people I was like oh my gosh this is stacked like my hopes of making it to Loretta's when I'm 50 that is like basically my like my 50 plus class at Loretta's in 20 seven years or 17 years will be like it'll be like tomac <laughs> like i don't know cooper yeah, Webb. it'll, be, it'll so, be really really fast dude that's the thing man every class there is like it's fast so it's all entertaining whether if you're up there and it's like i said if you're up there and it's the pw's on the gate it's gonna be usually pretty good moto because those are the well, best my people. stepdad was yeah i hate to cut you off my stepdad actually we were watching the sea riders He's like, man, well, we just watched pro and then we watched C. He's like, man, these C riders don't look very good. I'm like, well, the kid in seventh right now, the kid in seventh right now, I ride with him at the, at like some tracks and he is way faster than me and I'm not awful, but he's in seventh right now and he is pretty damn quick. So yeah. perspective is, is key. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And plus down yeah. there, I mean, if, if anyone watches, you know, the live racing on, on race TV and stuff. That track is extremely rough. They don't really. do like a full, they don't really do a full prep on it at all during the week. I mean, they fix sections and stuff like that throughout the day. But if you have a seven, say you have a 7.30 moto in the morning, it's not necessarily going to be a highway. They're still going to, they're going to have breaking bumps and stuff like that from the day prior. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't fully prep oh, it. Yeah. So it's, by the end of the week, man, that track is really chewed up. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching. I, I couldn't believe how rough some of the corners were and the little PWs, man, just like <laughs> bouncing around and 
falling over and getting back dude it was i was like there you go cruise one year buddy it's it's what you're gonna be doing hopefully he he was like whatever so now yeah was, no it's um uh, it's definitely wild. a challenge man i can't imagine trying to ride that track on a like a pw just knowing how deep <laughs> some of i'm sure they go out and, and and smooth out all the real bad holes and stuff like that before the pws go out because after like post four classes man i mean that track is so chewed out i can't i can't imagine being out there on a pw well i think the best move would be is don't let them ride a bike that's good with suspension because it'll just like spoil them like if they're always riding a pw then they're they don't know they don't know no different <laughs> like it's like ah, uh, because like my, my first road race bike i ever rode was an xr 1200 harley and everyone's like that, that bike must suck right i'm like i don't know i've never ridden anything else it's it's all right to me and then i jumped on a 600 r6 and i was like all right yeah that harley was a piece of shit so uh, <laughs> it's all relevant i guess to what your experience is i guess going into it but exactly. um man that sucks so you're just sitting around for a bit um i guess you'll be a hilltop regular right i mean what else you got, what else you got to do lee's yeah, landing hilltop at this point yeah i mean a couple of days you know i think i gotta go back to the doctor in like 10 days and they pull basically pull out all the stitches I got on my leg. I don't even know what it looks like. It's so wrapped up right now, but they'll pull out all the stitches, give me a hard cast for a little bit. And I think I get like an air boot and then obviously probably a bunch of physical therapy, but I don't know. We'll see. How, how strong is your, uh, how strong are your, are your swipe thumbs from uh tendering all day? dude? <laughs> Not working. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out of lights. Fresh out, just buy the premiere or whatever it is. Nah, man, I don't, I, I, I don't spend my money on it. I can't. Is it like two ninety nine a month or something? Somebody no, said it's, it's like, pretty cheap. It's only like it's only like ten bucks a month, but I ain't doing that. Oh, that's still kind of that's kind of pricey, I guess. It is, but I mean, if you think about it, that's like doesn't Corey have all? Like, doesn't he have? Yeah, that's like not going to Wawa for a day or something, or or like <laughs> you spend that at a gas station. You know what I mean? Doesn't Corey have the premium package or whatever? Oh, yeah. All my friends do. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Dude, so somebody listening will, will sponsor you the package. At least a three-month. What do you buy, it monthly? Or can you buy it in, like, packs of three? I mean, oh, you I get a you discount buy, like, for three months. Three, three months, six months, a year. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I think the more you buy, the cheaper it is, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like everything. Somebody sponsor – well – we're all cheap asses, dude. I barely, I don't even know if I pay for any of my streaming services like Netflix, Disney plus, I think I, NBC sports. I think it's all Julian's. Like, I don't think I pay for any of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I might have Netflix now. Cause I, 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 I kept asking him for his password. Cause I kept, it kept logging me out. And I think he just like stopped telling me it. So I think I actually uh, got on, it up dude. and bought and, and bought Netflix, but uh yeah i feel you i feel you with the we're cheap dude racers are fucking cheap so how it is man oh it's how it is man yeah especially when you grow up like that i remember like when i got my license i used to shut my car off down hills because i didn't never had money for gas so i would just like try and save gas i would just shut it off going down like a big hill and turn it back on going up to a pump putting like five dollars in being like all right well, yeah, yeah, this is all I got. <laughs> yeah, 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 good times, man. It's which, if you shut your car off and start it back up, it probably cycles more fuel than if you I'm just sure it does. 
left it on i yeah whatever so rad man well hopefully uh hopefully see you in weedsport i don't know yeah. if uh i mean you can't drive right i'm leaving in the morning so um you need a lift dude give me a ring yeah not nah, like i said i uh i'm gonna try to get up there to plan at least yeah so roger that man well we're gonna work on some uh noah chamber dude maybe we can get you some some chambers teas since you're not working and we can uh sell sell some merch sling yeah, some right? merch <laughs> get some <laughs> get some beer money going your way or something work on uh, all right dude i'll let you roll uh good chatting as always and hopefully see you in a couple days yeah man good talking to you all right later buddy all right, dude. see ya Broken foot, but not broken hearted. Noah Chambers, just a uh, big surgery guy. God, that sucks. That sucks. And coming off an injury too, it's like, as a racer, it's like you want to race, especially that age. Like when I was his age, man, I was like, all right, I'm good enough to race. Go. Not even close to being good enough to race. You suck. Your confidence gets shot. So best thing for him is to get 100% and, uh, and get back after it. But, man, three months. He, he said it like, oh, I'll be back in three months. I'm looking at my calendar. Three months is November 11th. <laughs> I don't want to break it to him, but that's pretty much the end of the season <laughs> up here at least. So, uh, yeah, bummer, bummer, bummer. Yeah, send, send him a message on social media and some well wishes his way, dude. He'll appreciate it. Um, all that guy does is ride dirt bikes and to not be able to do something like you do every day for three months that's it's it's not going to be a, a fun thing for him but yeah appreciate all the support all the reviews on itunes and facebook the subscribes on soundcloud itunes and spotify everybody buying merchandise comments the likes the feedback the support i saw one of our listeners put a tank slap and pod sticker on his street bike that he does some races with and track days that's badass Appreciate all that support. We have some really good guests coming your way. Stay tuned. If you have any recommendations, guest recommendations, give us a, send us a message, send me a comment and let me know who you're thinking. Uh, that's a wrap on this one. We got big weekend ahead of us. We'll check in next week with a new guest and a new pod. We out. <laughs>